The concept of audience is problematic to many students. When I taught English 101 at NAU in Arizona and later at MTU in Michigan, I had the hardest time in the world getting students to understand that what they needed to write for a specific audience. When asked who was going to read their papers, they inevitably answered anyone who feels like reading it. What they meant was that I, as the teacher, was their reader. Who else was going to find and read their papers? Since this was not the answer I wanted to hear, I had them describe a specific reader as closely as possible, down to the clothes this reader wore, the job this person had, the car that person drove, the house. You get the point. Yet, they continued to write for me because, eventually, I was the one who they believed had control over their grade. We are now past English 101 and it is tempting to find this story amusing. However, let me ask you this question. Who is your audience? Who do you photograph for? Who do you want to look at your photographs? Often, when I ask these questions during a workshop, participants tell me that they photograph just for themselves. They tell me that they enjoy the photographs they create and that they are not concerned with what anyone else thinks. Yet, invariably, those who give me this answer bring prints to the print review for me and for all other participants to look at and comment upon. Conflict often indicates problems, and there is clearly a conflict in the above account. If you only create work for your own enjoyment, then why wonder what others think of it? Personally, I don't have a problem with any photographer creating work just for themselves and never showing their work to anyone else. But I do have a problem with someone making this statement, then asking me for feedback, or asking other people for feedback, be they workshop participants or other. I also have on occasion photographer would tell me, just like my English 101 students, that they photograph for whomever wants to look at their work. Just like my 101 students, they are at a loss when asked to define a specific audience and retract to the position that they are not discriminative, don't try to rule anyone out, and that they photograph for all those who may find their work interesting. Yet, when asked who they show their work to, or who has a chance to see their work, it turns out that their audience is severely limited to either family members, other photographers, or a small group of individuals accessible because of their profession. In regards to the above account, here is what Al Weber, personal friend and longtime workshop assistant to Ansel Adams, has to say about the subject. I think Al's statement says it as well as it can be said. No artist can reach every person out there. It is common knowledge that the most successful artists are those that have a known audience and can communicate directly. Trying to please or talk to everyone would be the same as making postcards to look at while eating a TV dinner. Trying to please or talk to everyone would be the same as making postcards to look at while eating a TV dinner. Al Weber, in Photographic Novels, the work of Martin Bloom, May 2000. This quote by Al Weber has brought a number of questions about what it means. So I feel that in this particular reading of my essay, I need to explain a little bit about it. What Al means when he says, creating postcards to look at while eating a TV dinner, is that the most generic type of photographic art, if we can call it art at all, is a postcard. And the most generic food that we can ever create is a TV dinner. And therefore, looking at postcards while eating a TV dinner is the creation of a visual and culinary experience 
as generic as can be ever created. And what Al means is that it's about as bland as we can ever make it, and therefore most likely to please everyone. But if your goal is to create postcards and look at them while eating a TV dinner, then I think that you are probably not exactly an artist. And at that point, you also don't have an, an audience. And in the end, your endeavor is sort of meaningless, definitely not geared towards quality, and definitely not enlightening to your audience, whatever it might be. Let's return to the essay. I also see a problem with photographers claiming to be artists, yet saying that they do not need an audience. In my view, in addition to the previous partial definition of what an artist is, being an artist is sharing your view of the world with a specific audience. This is true even if you are sharing it with an audience of one. Why? Because being an artist is sharing your vision with others. You can argue that you are your own audience, that you only aim at pleasing yourself, and that you do not care if anyone else sees your work. That is fine, and I do not have a problem with it. But according to my view, that being an artist is, among other things, sharing your view of the world, then if you are your own audience, and you do not show your work to anyone else whatsoever, you are not an artist, i.e. you are not someone who makes art. If you think about this carefully, you will find out that there are few people actually that fit in this category. Virtually all of us show our work to other people, no matter how few. You will also realize that in fact, when someone says that they are their own audience, and that they do not want to know what others think of their work, what they are really saying is that they are either afraid of what others might say, or not willing at this time to face comments about their work. Eventually, as artists, we are indebted to our audience, because we need an audience to communicate with. Being an artist is about sharing, and having an audience is about being able to share our work with others. As such, we are indebted to our audience for giving us the opportunity to share our work and our endeavors, for being willing to listen to us, and for engaging in the dialogue that we engage in through art. But above all, and with all due respect to our audience, artists eventually owe their loyalty to the pursuit of their vision. It is therefore important to remember that as you pursue your vision, your audience can and may change to reflect your own changes in style, approach, presentation, and so on. 7. Being an artist means having an appreciation for the arts. Without poets, without artists, men would soon weary of nature's monotony. Guillaume Apollinaire there is a widespread belief in our society that being an artist is not having a real job, and that there is no real use for artists in society, as opposed to doctors, lawyers, engineers, and any other accepted profession. One of the purposes of this essay is to challenge this belief. First, as we have seen, being an artist does not imply making a living from your art. This negates the belief that artists need to get a real job. They may already have a real job. Second, we need to acknowledge the fact that art is just as important as any aspect of our lives. What would our lives be without art? 
what would our existence be if we did not have music, if we did not have movies or theatre plays, if our walls were bare of any paintings, drawings, photographs or any type of decor, if our public parks or private gardens were devoid of landscaping and outdoor sculpture, or if wearing jewellery was not an option, to name but a few of the instances in which art is present in our lives. Clearly, Art is as important as any other aspect of our lives. The first step towards being an artist is understanding this. You cannot be an artist unless you value art and the importance art plays in everyday life. To me, being a professional is being able to follow the standards required by your specific profession. In other words, and to take example from professions other than art, it would be preposterous for someone to say, I am an engineer, without having the education, the training, the experience, the job position, the responsibilities, and so on, that are expected of an engineer. In other words, being an engineer is more than just saying that you are an engineer. Being an engineer is being able to prove, through your actions, your performance, and your personal conduct, that you have the required knowledge, experience, abilities, training, etc. to do the work expected of an engineer. The same applies to any other profession. Interestingly, expectations are different when it comes to artists. Why? Because most people are unclear about what the requirements, the training, the education, the experience, the job position, and the other responsibilities of an artist are. They are unclear about it because the professional responsibilities of an artist are rarely discussed. And because artists represent a minority, and because what being an artist entails is something that few people are familiar with. They are also unsure of what makes an artist a professional because this is discussed even less as a set of rules. Let's outline several things that make an artist a professional artist in no particular order. Education, training, dedication, skills, achievements, responsibilities, professional position, integrity. When looking at this list, it becomes clear that these requirements in their general nature, are no different than the requirements of any other profession. What is different is not the fundamental requirements that are asked of an artist. What is different is how people perceive what being an artist is all about. In the light of the above remark, it becomes important to make sure that people take you as an artist seriously. If people do not consider being an artist a legitimate activity, and therefore do not take you seriously, they will not respect you. They will not respect your work, and they will therefore not enable you to succeed. Instead, they will undermine what you do and work against you. If you cannot change the mind of such people, get away from them as fast as you can. Don't push the issue. Just let them be. Seek people who understand what being an artist is about, people who respect you, take you seriously, and are willing to help you. It is also important that you do not feel guilty about being an artist, or about your creative freedom, or again about doing what you like instead of getting a real job. Being an artist is just as difficult as any other occupation, if not more difficult. There is nothing about it that makes one more privileged or more fortunate than if one had chosen another occupation. When someone tries to make you feel guilty, it is nearly always because they are not happy doing what they are doing and hence are jealous that you are doing something that you like. 
This is a reflection of their choices, not a reflection of your choices. There is no reason to feel guilty about having made the right choices for yourself. If anything, tell them to make different choices, to change their lives, so they stop resenting what you do and they start doing what they like, so that they let you live your life without feeling the need to make you feel guilty about it. 8. Being an artist is knowing how to react when you are told, Artists are lucky. It is essential to do the same subject over and over again, ten times, a hundred times. Nothing in art must be seen to chance, not even movement. Edgar Degas The belief that those who are successful are lucky is quite widespread, and artists are particularly plagued by it. I have yet to find an engineer being regularly accused of being lucky with his or her engineering. Bridgers, cars, buildings, power plants, machines of all sorts, computers, software, and so on, are rarely said to be the result of plain luck. Most people realize, without being experts, that a lot of thinking, knowledge, training, effort, know-how, planning, money, and more are behind every successful engineering endeavor. However, when it comes to art in general and to photography in particular, luck is very often cited as the reason behind the existence of a particularly stunning image or series of images. At shows and exhibitions, or during personal conversations, I regularly hear statements such as, I guess you just hang out at, place your favorite location here, let's say for now the Grand Canyon, and get lucky. Or, you can't plan that, meaning a rainbow, lightning, snowstorm, etc. You just have to be lucky to be there and have everything working for you. Or, luck plays a big part in what you do, doesn't it? By extension, the belief that luck does it for artists extends beyond the artist's creation and right into the artist's life. In this regard, it is common for me to be told, you are lucky to be doing what you like. I, on the other hand, have to insert your favorite unpleasing experience here, or you are lucky to make a living doing what you like. I, on the other hand, have to, and so on. I used to argue endlessly about the lack of validity of the comments above. In fact, I built a library of quotes, remarks, and smart comments about the uncanny nature of luck, such as, luck favors the prepared mind. Luck is preparedness in the face of expectation. The older I get, the more lucky I seem to become. And I wonder why I am so lucky and you are not, and so on. Last year, I finally saw the light, so to speak, and made a decision which transformed my existence. I decided, quite simply, that in regard to luck, resistance was futile, and that it was better to subsume rather than eternally argue a moot point. I therefore gave up my arsenal of counterpoint quotes about the nature of luck and adopted a simple response to any and all statements about me being lucky in any and all aspects of my life. Yes, today, when I hear any of the above statements, my answer is automatically a resounding yes. Luck plays a big part in what you do, doesn't it? Yes, you can't plan that. You just have to be lucky, right? Yes. You are lucky to do what you like, me on the other hand. Yes, you are lucky making a living doing what you like. Most people have to... Yes. Two things happened after I switched to yes, as the answer to the assumption that success as an artist is the result of plain luck. 
First, I freed myself from the desire to argue the point. When you agree 100% to something, there is no argument possible. I agree, therefore you are right. Case closed. Second, these conversations now end just as fast as they start. Obviously, those who make such comments about Lurk are interested in seeing what my reaction will be, and when they realize that I agree with them, they lose interest. But something else happened, which I find to be the most interesting consequence. After hearing me say yes, a number of people go back on their initial statement and start to say things such as, well, I guess it's not that simple. Or, luck is only part of it, you have to know what you are doing. In other words, they make the case I used to make themselves. From my unwavering yes answer, my lack of concern for arguing the point, my agreement to their preposterous statements, they deduct, rightfully so, that something is up, and they go back on their statement, amending it ever so slightly. My point is that if someone is willing to believe that the result of a lifetime of study, passion, devotion, efforts, and much more are caused by pure and simple luck, there is nothing I can do about it. To destabilize such a belief will take more time and effort than I am willing to spend. I much prefer to save my energy to create art. Laughter, in this instance, is the best remedy. Let's laugh at the preposterousness of this statement, and let's laugh by agreeing with it. And then, after all, maybe I am lucky. Who knows, and who cares? Does that change anything? No, I still have to know what I am doing. I still have to do everything I was doing so far. I still have to have the knowledge, the experience, the passion, devotion, the drive, etc. that I need to have in order to do what I do. Maybe I am lucky. Well, if so, great. I'll take it because it can't hurt. Why fight it? Why not free myself from the belief that my art has to be the result of artwork? If certain people want my work to be the result of luck, I see nothing wrong with it. After all, luck may be just another term for inspiration. The final point in that regard is that it doesn't really matter to me, as an artist, how good art comes about. What matters to me is that it does come about and that it does exist. That some people explain the creation of art through luck is fine with me. That others explain art as being the result of talent is equally fine with me. That yet others explain it as being the result of fortuitous situations is also fine with me. That yet others say that thanks to my parents, I led a sheltered life and therefore was able to preserve my artistic sensibility is similarly fine with me. And if some want to believe that it is the result of training, of hard work, of years of practice designed to foster an inherent talent that is also fine with me. In short, any and all explanations about how art comes about are fine with me. Why? Because I am an artist, not an art critic. How this position plays out is the subject of the next section in this essay.